Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Jessie Too. And I'm Helen Stenbeck. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. Hi, Helen. Hi, everyone. Oh, hi, Jess. How are you? I'm tired, really tired this week. But it feels like what's really scary in the last couple of weeks, I felt has been like I've never had so much things going on in my life, so much projects on at the same time. And I feel as though time is just, I've never actually felt time slipping away from me so vigorously. And it's kind of frightening. Do you know what I mean? You know how people say, I feel like that's probably some element of how parents say, oh my God, my kids grow up so quickly. Yeah, you feel have a lot of things all at once and then you don't have enough time. You really mm. need to manage your time as in, you know, look after yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am, I am. Like I'm working out. I played um, Ultimate Frisbee this week, oh, fantastic. Um, which is great. Yeah, I haven't gone back for a while, but mm-hmm. that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just um, it's just frightening how quickly time moves. Mm-hmm. I think that's the sign of aging. <laughs> yeah, no. I think um, I've been thinking a lot about, I've always thought a lot about age. Because I remember when I was younger, age mm. was such a massive thing for me. Like when I was 18, someone who was 21 was like ancient. <laughs> oh, God. And then, and then when I was 25, I was like, oh, anyone over 30 is like ancient, <laughs> you know. And, and then now what I felt is like over the weekend. Once you hit over 30. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Like, um. When I write my articles, I no longer actually say how old someone is because I don't want that mm-hmm. to be relevant. I just don't want that to yeah. matter ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think yeah. this society has this massive fetish with young people. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, 30 under 30 or, you know, it's like this obsession with like people who achieve a lot really, really young age. Like I don't want mm-hmm. – I used to think that was really cool, but now I realise actually there's a privilege to growing older, you know, but also, the older you get, the more things... So I'll, I'll give you an analogy. Um, okay. When I was over at Kevin's place, Kevin mm-hmm. and Kamiko's place, this week, um, that's my brother and my brother-in-law. Sister-in-law. Um, they live in a beautiful... <laughs> oh, sorry, sister-in-law, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they live in a really beautiful part of mm-hmm. Sydney. And um, I went over there and I was having lunch um, and my parents were okay. there as well. And um, I was out on the balcony... And my dad had bought me lunch, which was really lovely. And they had already had lunch, so they bought takeout for me. So I went over and and I sat on the balcony. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have a book. I was just sitting at the balcony and looking out onto a beautiful garden, like a community garden. And um, I was there for about half Mm -hmm. an hour. And I never do this. Like, I never just sit and eat and... um, Without any distractions. And just not... Yeah, without yeah. any, like, I'm either talking to someone or reading or watching a movie or, yeah. But I let myself sit there and just observe what I was seeing. For the first 25 minutes, I just saw what you usually see, right? But it's in that last five minutes I actually picked up on something that I had never seen. Like, it, um, in the background of this, like, in behind this, sort of hidden behind this playground 
garden, there was a very small lemon tree. And then I was like, wow, I would have never seen that if I mm-hmm. just was not focused on watching or looking at something, you know? And then I went in and I told like mum and dad and Kevin and Kamiko, mm-hmm. oh, you know, there's a lemon tree there. And none of them had ever seen it. Like Kev and Kamiko have been there for three years and they had never realized that there was a lemon tree there. Was it really close to their apartment or is it? No, not really. But I guess it just made me think about how the older I get, the more I learn that some things take time to learn, you know? Mm, Yeah, I think you have to be present with uh, that. I think that's that's something that a lot of people that are finding it hard to do you always to have to have occupy yourself exactly especially in yeah. this generation in this generation yeah like you you see people like eating lunch and they mm-hmm. just have their phones in front of them have on their phones yeah and you don't know whether or not they really know what they're eating <laughs> mm, mm, exactly and with a lot of I, I guess with you know people around my group as well you know you always have to constantly have something that you're doing to um in order yep. to reflect yourself exactly. onto your yeah. friendship friend group yeah, that you're valuable that you're doing something because it seems yeah it's, it seems like people would think that oh you're you don't have any yeah, value if you're not doing you're something if you're not showing that you're doing something gosh it's so exhausting <laughs> a lot of us yeah a lot of us do things because it's the optics isn't it but it also reminds me of this conversation we're having about yeah. how mm-hmm. i remember hearing helen garner she's an australian writer she said she said once that people under 35 don't understand mm-hmm. love at all and i remember thinking wow that's like not nice because mm, you know i'm under okay. 35 and she's saying i don't understand love but i think she was saying some things you really only understand through age and i think that's a really beautiful thing yeah not only through age i, I guess through like life experience as well dua, you know dua, sometimes exactly. people lived up to 50 then have minimal life experience yeah exactly yeah. So eventually, you know, age is just a number. That's it. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. So what have you been thinking about this week? Before that, I jump into what I thought that I want to bring up onto breathing of our week. Um, I'll just let everyone know that um, I've been reading Mask Dolls. Uh, it's a novel by a Chinese indigenous uh, female author. So it's a story set on narratives of a Chinese woman who travelled to Seoul and came uh, cross paths with an Australian young woman. I think you'll enjoy this book. I'll, I'll pa- yeah, I'll pass it on to you once I finish this book. So they look through their own uh, love relationship and their own family uh, history. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm halfway through. I, I cool, I yeah. Interesting. I think it's great because a yeah. lot of people don't actually know Taiwan has indigenous people. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, true. yeah. And I, I just realized there's, um, it's becoming a lot more. There's a lot more Chinese writers that have their work translated in English. Excellent. I mean, I could have, I could have read this one in Chinese, but I want to read it in English and see how. Right. You know, if there's any, I don't know, if I can perceive it differently. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Language, you know, present a different feeling, of the narratives. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm what else? enjoying in, uh, watching the web seminars. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. With the events mm-hmm. like the Sydney Film Festival and... Have a lot of events, yeah. yeah. and a couple of interviews with the, what the... What was that one last week with a woman? Filmmakers. Film, filmmakers. Film, uh, yeah, documentary. Documentary. Filmmakers, filmmakers yeah. And there was another one on the woman's selection f- information. I think you covered that on yep. your work. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, I found it's so because it's so accessible that like I don't have to turn mm. up. Usually, all these events will be like you know you have to turn up onto an actual place, but now mm. with in the yeah, city, in the city, and now with COVID, they have everything online, which is so convenient for me. Mm. Yeah, as someone who lives in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> yeah, just kidding, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. You don't live in the middle of nowhere, yeah. but you don't live in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, I don't live in Sydney. Yeah, I want to talk about. You know how what I've seen on a couple of groups on Facebook. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've there's a creative mm-hmm. network for Asians um, on Facebook group, and recently I've seen mm-hmm. that you know there's nothing wrong about creativity. You know, create things, um, music, merchandise, but I'm starting to see a lot of artists are coming out to sell their merchandise that is based on this movement. Black Lives Matter. You know, yeah, Black Lives Matter. You know, yeah. for example, like creating um, earrings that is more like African-American <laughs> right. you know, type of design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or making bracelets that's labeled BLM. BLM, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or have stickers, yeah. like, you know, like bumper stickers yeah. and with a cute drawing. You know, it's fantastic. They look great, but I, I'm kind of conflicted I'm about sure. yeah, I'm the conflicted. fact that they're making money out of this yeah. movement. I mean, they say that, yeah, we'll, we'll donate proceeds, part of our yeah. pro- or proceeds to, you know, they'll donate part of their profits into, uh-huh. you know, something to help the black people in America. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you think? I understand your conflict. Absolutely. I understand how it could seem like it's nasty of us to point that out because they are donating proceeds as well as promoting yeah. the awareness. Awareness, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just like the you know every year in Australia we have the picnic, the bear picnic, oh, cancer yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. canteen. Yeah. You know, the little bear where you buy two dollars yeah. and then yeah, it's helped save I don't know the children's hospital or something like that. And then there's like red, red, uh, white ribbon. White ribbon, and there's Daffodil, Daffodil Day, Day, exactly. Jeans, jeans for Jeans Day, Day. yeah. Like, you know, we all gone through that in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and those are kind of similar, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, yeah. And it reminds me of Gio Tolentino once wrote a piece about capitalist feminism and how um, there's a few years ago she she was talking about how there's this so a lot of big, 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 big fashion. Um, houses in the in the across the globe mm. were profiting off uh, sort of the latest wave of feminism, and you could buy like a seven hundred dollar t shirt <laughs> from Gucci <laughs> from Gucci that said like badass feminism or badass feminist or something like that. Yeah, so uh, I think that is you know on a sort of different spectrum, but on the same line as what we're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, I also feel like. I don't know what I do when I consume stuff. I barely consume anything, but I usually, if I wanted to consume something, say like a pot, like a um, dishware for my kitchen, 
I have like artists, mm-hmm. ceramic friends who I buy from because I'm like, oh, I'm I'm yeah. supporting someone who I love as well as providing for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, yeah. and I guess some people can use that same justification to buy those earrings. But for me, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's it seems like there's also a performative element. Like I, when I was young and I was yeah. in my early twenties, I was a vegan and I would buy a lot of vegan bumper stickers to put on my car because I wanted to let the world know that <laughs> uh-huh. I was a vegan, as of as if to show off. Yeah, that vegan. like yeah. in hindsight, absolutely, I was showing off my superiority. Like, oh, I am like uh-huh. so much better than you guys and richer because I don't eat meat or dairy products. You know, that's a bit of a show off. I can mm-hmm. see that now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 just feeling conflicted. I don't know. It, like if there's no if there's no such movement, you know, what are those artists going to do? You know, you have to find something to I don't yeah. really want to use the word exploitation, but in essence, it's yeah. kind of yeah. It yeah. kind of, yeah. Okay, so so we should we jump into our main topic today? Oh, before we do, I just wanted to Okay. give like 2 minutes to mm-hmm. um rave about my favorite show oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. yeah go ahead we were just um, talking about it before. Yeah, yeah so i came to this show quite late it's called never have i ever it's mindy kaling show on netflix and it's based on her own experience growing up in la uh no actually i don't know if it's based on her experiences growing up in la but it's set in la uh sh- it, it's so freaking delightful it is like it's 10 episodes um it is such a good script. She has the most badass um, tr- trio, mm-hmm. two two friends. They have a trio friendship. Um, her two friends, Fabiola and Eleanor, are fucking like the mm-hmm. funniest people I have seen on TV for ages. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Fabiola is so fucking hot. She's so beautiful. Those two girls are, are brilliant. I know. Like, Eleanor I is so funny. Yeah. Oh, so know, Eleanor is uh, yeah. Eleanor is Asian and Fabiola is black. Eleanor is so funny. Like I wish I've got friends like that. Um, and and Devi is the main star. She's based on Mindy Kaling. Um <laughs> and <laughs> I guess it s- still plays to the kind of typical tropes of like a girl in the center of and then she's trying to pick between two guys and the two love interests are ben gross who's the kind of nemesis um Mm -hmm. that she has like a competition with because he's also very smart and then her and then the jock you know um (laughs) paxton hall yoshida who is (laughs) why do i always have to say his full name i found it so funny because it's such a sexy full name. Yeah, Paxton Holoshida, yeah. So this guy is played by Darren Barnett. So he needs to have the, like, exotic <laughs> foreign surname. Yeah, but he, exactly, but he is part Japanese and he's literally the most beautiful, like, his face is the most beautiful <laughs> face I have ever seen. It is, it, it is like, extraordinary how beautiful he is. <laughs> but um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It is such... Like I am so it's it makes me so happy. Like I've I've watched it like about two and a half times through. <laughs> I know it's a bit excessive, <laughs> but it's just it's and the music is really good as well. I like the music. Yeah, I it's, think the music yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah, I loved how they incorporate um, some of the actual Indian um, cultures yeah. into the. Yeah. You know how because I remember you were saying a couple of other. Netflix um, films or dramas mm. that even though they have Asian faces or you know or people with ethnic backgrounds, 
they hardly incorporate like culture. I don't know events. Yeah. Into the film. So and I found this one is really funny. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And I love her mum as well. Her mum is so badass. She's so mm. funny. Just everyone yeah. is a complete delight in this show. It's it, it yeah. kind of I get the same feeling watching Never Have I Ever. The same feeling I got when I watched um, Shit's Creek, which is also on Netflix. And, okay. And if you haven't watched it, it is just life affirmingly good. Shit's mm. Creek. Yeah, I, yeah. I I went through the Never Have I Ever like within three days because it's such a short like every episode is like what twenty five minutes. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not very long. Yeah. So I watched like at three episodes my, with my husband. Yeah. Like the last three nights. <laughs> it's so good. So so funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for letting me gush about that show. Okay. So our main topic. So we are talking about Taiwan's decriminalized adultery. It happened like, at the end of last month on the 28th of May. So I start, I'll start with a bit of history on the um, adultery Mm-hmm. Uh, law in of Taiwan. So in 1928, it used to only punish the woman. You know, this is the pre-existing criminal law that was established by, I think it's established by Japanese, but I have to really check again with the Chinese um, source. And then in 1935, it had changed to punishment to both women and men. This original, the purpose of the law was to ensure the harmony in the marriage and also uh, to maintain the social stability. So what is the punishment? You know, um, so what is uh, consisted of mm. um, adultery? Mm. So apparently it's when the person has a spouse and you have uh, like... Marital affairs. Yeah, extramarital affair. And it has to be consensual sex, sexual intercourse with someone else outside of the marriage. So under the article of... You know, well, before, you know, before the decriminalization. Under the article of 239 mm-hmm. of Taiwan's criminal court, mm-hmm. it says that a married person who commit adultery with another should be sentenced uh, to imprisonment for no more than one year. And the other party to the adultery should be subject to the same punishment. So it's usually the fine uh, around, I'll say about, Mm -hmm. what I read up was about 300 Australian dollars and there will be a permanent criminal record. You know, so you will be a damage to personal reputation and the damage to future career, you know, job-seeking prospects, etc. Right. However, there were very few people that were jailed for the crime of adultery most of the time that the fines are paid or monetary settlements outside of the courts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I'm looking here to the data that I have is usually um, actually that there are 20% more of women that has been prosecuted mm-hmm. when comparing to men on this kind of criminal charges. So also... Um, I want to talk about the social influence, you know, the particularly that the shame brings upon mm-hmm. the woman differs between men and women. Mm. Usually the women are the ones that become the target of public shaming or gossip. Interesting. You know, being called the destroyer of family or home wrecker. Um, the stories I've seen uh, in Taiwan, it's actually... 
like、mm. the more stories that you read about it, you know that it is actually this kind of law is set upon there for the for the spouse to take an like revenge. Yeah,、totally. for the for the ones who's been cheating on them, because apparently that you have to, the evidence need to be extremely clear. You either caught them in the act of having sexual intercourse, or that their, uh, you know, the or the per, the part your partner cheated on you and they have the child outside of the wedlock. Yeah, one of the. One of the things I found while I was doing my research was、uh, there was a poll in 2013 that showed that almost thir-、uh, 83 percent of Taiwanese、yep. people supported the law.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is extraordinary. Yeah, they didn't want this to be abolished, which is yeah, which is sorry because you think about it that what、well, you got the data on 2013, which is 82 percent. And the one that I've seen, the more recent one is twenty fifteen. It has increased to eighty six percent. So I don't know what that says、um, about people that honestly don't want to. I don't know. Sit down and talk about the reason that the marriage is broken down. That the person is seeking someone else to comfort outside of their marriage.、Um, you know, to, you think about that. The, the Taiwan has been progressive enough within. Amongst the Asian countries, being、yeah. the first to have the same-sex marriage, and they still have the adultery law.、Um, you know, I think、uh, Korea have、mm-hmm. um, decriminalized in twenty、mm-hmm. fifteen, and India was in twenty eighteen. I feel like Philippines still has this law as well. Oh, okay. We we should look up. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. but I also think that. With a lot of these Asian countries, like、mm-hmm. especially Taiwan, people have this view that it's very liberal and open because, based on that one law in which they passed last year of、um, legalizing same-sex marriage,、mm-hmm. and what they what a lot of people don't understand is outside of Taipei, which is really cosmopolitan,、um, the rest of Taiwan is deeply, deeply conservative. Yeah, very, very.、Mm. Yeah. So the ones that.、Um, Was object to the decriminalization. Usually, they would think that it is the law is there to be a safe net for、mm. the spouse who has、mm. been cheated,、mm. and usually they will hold a grudge against the people who step into their marriage. You know, they、yeah. like if I'm gonna take use an example. Okay, I I don't want to say it's absolute, but、um, let's just take an example that the husband has cheated、mm-hmm. the wife.、Mm-hmm. You know. The wife is usually will be more upset with his mistress or his lover than the husband, but who's at the real fault here?、Mm. You know, who betrayed you? Who betrayed you? Yeah, and yeah. because during、uh, the cases I've read through, the wife would usually at initially she's so upset and angry she would sue both her husband and the lover,、mm-hmm. but. Due to be,、uh, because you know she would still need to rely on, you know, the husband's income to support the whole family. She will withdraw, yeah, you know, the charges against her husband. So you、yep. were left, you left with another woman、mm. to go through, you know,、uh, this kind of punishment. So 
I don't know. There's a say in Chinese, you know, 女人何必为难女人 You know, I, why do women want to shame the other woman? Like, it's not competition. But it yeah, is. It's a tactic used by patriarchy institutions to create to hate, div- yeah, yeah to create divisions create between women between us. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe、mm. it's easier to hate on the other person, the woman who slept with your husband, because you don't know that other woman, so it's、mm. easier to hate them.、Mm-hmm. Whereas you love your husband. Yeah, yeah,、Are、yeah. Last year,、mm-hmm. go on. Yeah, go ahead. You, you go first. Oh. Uh, last year, when I was in Taiwan,、uh, I was writing. I was doing research for a piece、mm-hmm. that I wrote for the LA Review of Books, and I spoke to an attorney at law, Yi、uh, Li Yongrong, and she told me she was a、uh, family lawyer、mm-hmm. attorney, so、mm-hmm. she deals with a lot of these kind of cases、mm-hmm. of extramarital affairs and adultery laws and things. And she told me that women. Often, like you said, women often end up dropping cases against their husbands, and they forgive their husbands because they rely financially on the husband.、Mm-hmm. So they're economically bound to them. It's like a safer alternative, you know, to just give in. And what I what really kind of broke my heart was also when she said to me, often these women that she deals with. Um, are extremely successful women as well, like career women.、Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, like as well as women who are financially dependent, she also saw career women who were like real big hotshots in their own right. But when it came to how they managed their affairs with their husbands,、um, she said that often they'll give them an extremely long leash.、Mm-hmm. And I guess it's why do you think of that? Why do you think that those women? Wouldn't let go because we love men.、Mm. You know, like this is always going to be a conflict of mine. Like I wish I didn't. I wish I wasn't a heterosexual woman、mm. because then I wouldn't bend in really violent ways in order to be accepted. But I feel like as a woman who does who does want to appeal to a man, that I am often changing parts of myself. I'm trying to do this less, but、mm-hmm. inevitably, if you are a woman who loves men,、um, you can't help it. You know,、mm-hmm. like I feel like my feminism would be so much easier if I was a lesbian or if I was sexually attracted to women. You know? Do you think that because there's a value to it to be attached to a man? Because the social construction, right? Yeah. What the ideas that we grew up with, as a, I don't know, I wouldn't use the word normal. As a full-grown、mm. woman,、mm, you have to be attached to a man. Have to be attached to a man. Is that? I feel. Yeah,、mm. I've thought a lot about this in my in the last couple of years,、um, and I think I am slowly letting go of the idea that I won't ever know how to fully. Extract any sort of reason for my heterosexuality. Like、mm-hmm. I used to really think I've been brainwashed into loving men,、mm-hmm. and I and I tried to date women, and I didn't know how to. And it's just, I think I'm a bit, I'm a bit exhausted from interrogating my own desires.、Mm-hmm. So I've just let them go, at least for now, and just、mm-hmm. accepted the fact that I am tragically a heterosexual, and it's so <laughs> tragic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a tragedy. Yeah, because 
I don't know. Unless that you have a life that's start over again and <laughs> yeah, and I only that, you know you have a choice and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like my desires. Yeah, I I I used to think that I did have a choice, but maybe I don't. Anyway, so there's one conservative group,、uh, Coalition for Happiness of Our Next Generation. <laughs> I love those Taiwanese <laughs> names. Yeah. So the spokesman,、uh, Zheng Xianyin, he actually called out、um, that decriminalized、um, adultery law means that the endorsement of sexual freedom. This is the same group that is、no. against、um, same-sex marriage,、oh、and、uh, you know education programs like what we have in Australia, the safe school.、Mm. So they think that people would just go out having more affairs <laughs> if this this law is not pushed. Yeah,、right. or this yeah, or this law is being decriminalized. So the process of decriminalizing adultery,、um, it has been. The huge,、uh, it had been a lot of advocates for decriminalization of adultery since the nineteen nineties, and you know there's、um, reasons of it's been harmful for gender stereotypes. You know,、mm. it's which is still very prevalent in in Taiwanese、yeah. society. Yeah, and it, it's it's called out that it's a violation of personal's、um, sexual autonomy、mm-hmm. as well as、um, serious invasion of、uh, privacy. In saying that,、um, privacy issues. What I want to point out is that in Taiwan, if you want to catch your partner in the act of being having sex with other pe- person, <laughs> it is such a problem in Taiwan. I think because there's an industry of a huge industry of private investigators in Taiwan charging ludicrous fees to you、uh-huh. know catch the affair, and.、Uh-huh. Um, Because this policy, the law says that you have to catch the person in doing it, or you have to have evidence that's sufficient enough to call out. <laughs> yeah, to call out that it's、so、creepy adultery. Yeah, yeah, that's really creepy. So this pol the policy used to、uh, fuel the booming industry of private investigators. You know, they were hired to dig up evidence, and many of them will go to great lengths to make <laughs> the charges stick. You know, sometimes operating illegally. You know, sometimes they will acquire evidence in illegal ways. For example, they will break and enter or violating privacy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. and there is a problem with the if the photo or video has been leaked out by the investigators. You know, they might have like blackmailing purpose for you know with the celebrities. It has happened a lot in Taiwan. Hmm. Hmm. And so on the twenty ninth of May, Taiwan's highest court decided to strike down the law, finding it was unconstitutional. With quote、uh, by the Secretary General of the Justice Ministry,、uh, he said that the adultery law offers limited help to maintaining the marriage relationship, and also that the state power interfering the marriages actually has a negative impact on marriages. So what they want to do is that they want to have. People, I guess it's kind of like a progressive way to get people to understand more before that you step into marriage, you know, and also、mm. how you communicate with each other before that you're in the marriage and during your marriage, 
as well as、mm. you gotta think that why people will want to commit adultery. Yeah. What、mm. What do you think are the reasons that will? I don't know. People are sucked into having sex with someone else. Um. Well, I've never been married, so I feel like you might be、okay. able to answer that question more. I don't know. Um. With more experience, but. Um, I think for me, my idea of marriage and all that has changed a lot.、Mm. Um, in the last couple of years, um, and like knowing more people, having been more in more serious relationships, you know, all those things、mm-hmm. really alter、mm-hmm. the way I think about what a marriage is and what a an affair means. You know, I feel like I grew up a lot with a lot of la- narrow tropes of what an affair looks like.、Mm-hmm. Um. I think, f- for me, from my perspective, what seems like the biggest betrayal is the not telling the other person. Like, if you wanted to have sex with someone else, like if my husband wanted to have sex with someone else, I would at least like want him to have the decency to、um, give me that part of his、um, private thoughts. Like, I don't, I don't、mm-hmm. want him to keep it a secret from me. You know,、mm-hmm. like that. That I think the betrayal is, and the the betrayal and the and the not letting me know how he really feels is what I would feel would really hurt me.、Mm-hmm. But I also really wanted to say, like, I wonder. My question at the moment is why this law exists and why we do have laws that try to create. Some sort of accountability for a lot of these private,、um, private aspects、Matters. of our lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I、mm-hmm. think what we, the reason why we have an increasing number of laws that, you know, try to regulate our private lives is,、mm-hmm. we have generally this narrative of policing and courts because it allows us to pretend that there is order in our world, you、mm-hmm. know. And、um, but often these things are messy. Like you know, we have de- 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 we have domestic、yeah. violence laws. We have laws that you know、um, prosecute men who rape their wives. Who which has only been in the last few decades. You know,、mm-hmm. um, and and yet a lot of these private matters, you know, even when they try to go through court, it doesn't really clean things up. You know,、mm-hmm. the courts、mm-hmm. are there for just. Um, for us to, for the victims to feel like justice is being served, you know, when often these traumas just never actually go away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think talk, talking about the trauma, um, the uh, you know, there's a couple of、uh, feminist group, for example, the Awakening Foundation in Taiwan.、Mm. You know, they they mentioned that you know going through the courts, um, for the wives. Going through these kind of cases is like、uh, um, double trauma. They have double trauma. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, double trauma. That you have to present the evidence again. Yeah, and often your husband is there、that. in front of you. Yeah, often your husband is there in front of you with his lover. Yeah, you know, yeah. on the other side. And also the judges and the lawyers are mostly men. Yeah, like all those things yeah, put、uh-huh. participate in you feeling、yeah. like fucking shitty. Yeah, and because、um, Taiwan's divorce law, they don't have, they still don't have.、Um, what do you call that? I don't know. Like,、mm. there's don't, they still don't have sections like、uh, most of the Western countries. Like, there's you have to have to have actually a reason 
to go through divorce or otherwise you have to go through court like unless there's assault domestic violence or even adultery and apparently you can't get a divorce if you just say that both of you fall out of love really yeah like you know I, I think in Australia that if you get if you separated for like over a year yeah then you can apply for divorce yeah. without you don't have to give them a reason but yeah. I think apparently in Taiwan you have to give a reason that's why it's so hard to get a divorce in Taiwan can't you just make one up um what are you gonna make up I don't and know you have to go through the courts in such exhausting process really? to go through the courts it's I like someone else's Someone else is like the judge is deciding what happened with your marriage, with your life. You know, you don't get to what? decide. That's yeah. I feel like that's something massive that I thought you would have brought up. Well, um, so the awake, awakening foundation. So they're arguing that you know, um, even with you, we really the public needs to re-identify marriage and family. You know, and to break. A lot of traditional morale and the narrow ideas and controls of how we see marriage, and perhaps that having consultations when a marriage is breaking down. Mm. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like um, the reason that a lot of men cheat more, like in comparison to women. Is that men were never given or taught the skills to openly talk to about uh-huh. things like they are not happy, at what they are unhappy of in their marriage, or they never taught the communication skills what? with their spouse. Yeah, right. The, I think yeah, yeah. they probably just I wouldn't say easier, but I think it's just a quicker way, right, to find someone. So they just find it easier to do it behind that. Yeah. To comfort them, I guess. Yeah, and we all want to be seen, right? Yeah, we all want to be seen, yeah. I feel like from from the narratives and the movies that I've read, that I've seen of men who do end up having an affair, it sounds like as though they say, oh, I just wanted to be seen mm-hmm. again. As but though I, It's very selfish. It's a very selfish to say. It's like... Uh, I don't know. It's it feels like okay. I'm just gonna bring up the movie that we both of you've watched Marriage Story, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna use that as an example. Uh huh. I think when Scarlett Johansson's character confronted Adam Driver, saying that oh you slept with someone, uh-huh. and his his argument was it was only once. Yeah. Or that was the that was the night when you when you were upset with me. Like uh-huh. he never take accountability. Yeah. That he was the one to blame. It was always the yeah. wife, because yeah. because you did you did that. So that's why yeah. I went outside of the marriage to yeah. seek someone for comfort. Yeah, I, I wonder why men do that. As in, <sighs> they always blame the woman. Yeah, they always blame the woman. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that <sighs> all the time. Like in movies, I don't know how accurate this is in real life, but the man would often when the, he's exposed, when he's extramarital affairs are exposed often he would say oh because my wife didn't have sex with me anymore or or my wife didn't like find me sexually attractive like they always end up blaming Mm -hmm. the wife Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, otherwise is that like uh, i don't know why would you want to 
why do you go in such a distance to find someone to have sex outside of your life and you wouldn't make an effort to communicate with your spouse about you know what you're thinking or what how you're feeling mm. you know i mean there there ought to be a way mm. to uh, to i don't know there should be a solution or something but and it's funny that when i'm looking at um on the other hand that if it's a if it's a wife who's who had an affair is usually that she's really ready to leave the marriage. So it's usually that she's oh, okay. really given up and interesting. She's willing to just get a divorce and and it seems like usually it's the husband that wants to keep the marriage and also seeking someone else outside of marriage. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I guess yeah. obviously there's the lure of someone new, right? You yeah, know, the excitement. And I understand that. Exactly, I understand that. Totally, yeah. And you have something to mention yeah. about the writing yeah, you did last year. I want to tell you a story about Li Yi Han. Li Yi Han, yes. So mm-hmm. Li Yi Han was a 27-year-old woman who wrote a book. So she published it in 2017, I believe in February, and then three months later she killed herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so she published a story. The novel was... A story about a young girl in Taiwan who is abused by her um, teacher at school, and then after her death, it came out from her parents that it was kind of loosely based on her own experience. Mm-hmm. That an uh, old teacher she, she had had groomed her when she was really young, and started mm-hmm. sleeping like starting raping her when she was about thirteen, and when she reached about eighteen, nineteen years old, she tried to take him to court. But because of these adultery laws, um, they didn't allow her to file charges because she would be prosecuted. Yeah, her wa- as, uh, the yeah, wife of the teacher could, could yeah. take out charges against her because she against, was already yeah, exactly. an adult. Over eight, yeah, exactly. So, it's so fucked. It's so fucked, yeah. And then also on the day of her death... Um, a 27-year-old woman was sentenced to seven months in prison for her involvement with a 50-year-old married professor. So the professor's wife eventually withdrew charges against her husband after he claimed that the young woman, the 27-year-old woman, had lured him into the affair. You know, so a man's voice over the woman's. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual affair had lasted more than a year, during which time the woman had two abortions, Fuck. which the professor had paid for. And after her conviction, the woman attempted uh, attempted to mobilize support against the teacher from other female students who all claimed to her in private conversations that he had forcibly tried to have sex with them, but none of the women came out about it. Yeah, because there's still, like, the stigma of shame. Yeah, exactly. With a, um, I think that's one of the very top reasons that Me Too movement hasn't really really pushed that high in Taiwan you still have particularly Asian parents I think I feel like mm, if you mm. speak about this how would your parents react I think yeah. most of the Asian parents when they have been surrounded by ideas of shame which it's nothing it's it's not your it's not the victim's fault but they always put the shame and the fault onto the On victim the victim yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's never the perpetrator that's been prosecuted. The actual, you know, perpetrator has been prosecuted. Like the case that you just mentioned about the fifty-something-year-old, yeah, man. fifty-year-old, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how do you see this changing in the future? Well, I'm hoping. Um, so apparently, there's still civil laws. Um, it's called violation of the spouse rights. So you don't have to. The punishment on the man or the one who's actually cheating to take more accountability, and you don't have to go through collecting the evidence.、Mm. So the violation of spouse right, you know, you can. You can have evidence, for example, you know, someone taking a photo of your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, seem like they're very intimate, holding hands or things like that. You know, they don't have、yeah. to have sex. You know, it's like the adultery law is just focusing on oh, we call it affair unless only if they're having sex. Yeah, yeah. And what's so? It's really silly that I don't know. You can have affair without having sex. Yeah, totally. Like your mind will be out of your, you know. Of your own marriage already, if you're not, don't have to have sex with someone else. Yeah, like you know how、yeah. some men, if they get like if they're married and then they develop a emotional connection with a woman, that in a way、mm-hmm. like that's not her that that's not his wife. Some people might think of that as like committing adultery, like you're giving your heart、mm-hmm. away to someone else that who's not the person who you promised would give. Your heart to like the soul. That's why I just think the whole institution of marriage and the heterosexual marriage and the nucleus family is really on its way out. Like I, f- yeah. yeah, I hope it's on its、yeah. way out. I feel like the world would be a better place if we had less heterosexual nucleus families. Definitely,、mm. like、yeah. I think conservative families are f- fucking destroying the world, and they always have it destroyed the world. And if yeah, you don't believe that, you have to follow a standard, yeah, way of living、yeah. in the marriage, gender、It's, roles. You know,、gosh. those people who don't believe that are people who don't read history. <laughs> That, that's what I think. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, it makes me so angry.、Um, mm-hmm. But a Gio Tolentino, someone who I over- quote too much, and one day I will stop quoting her. But she writes in her book <laughs>、um, that. One of her essays called "Pure Hero- Pure Heroines" is about the way in which literary female characters are portrayed and the kind of suffering they all go through. And、mm-hmm. she talks about adultery in in one section, and she says、um, she quotes、uh, Simone de Beauvoir when they said, like, often women. Have affairs because it's only through deceit and adultery that she can prove she is nobody's chattel. And I thought that was really insightful. And I know that a lot of literary characters she also examines. You know, like it's almost as though. I mean, only in the last few decades, have women no longer been trapped inside a marriage. You know, a marriage in the past was a way to entrap a woman. You know. And kill her desire, and kill her、um, confidence、mm-hmm. and、It、self determination. You know, so in the past,、uh, like、yep. sleeping with someone who was not your husband was a kind of a way out. 
in a way, emotionally, you know. Like liberation. Yeah, some sort of liberation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, like, I used to think that having sex with men was empowering. Like, all through my 20s, I thought the more men I had sex with, the more powerful I felt as a woman, which is so fucked up and so the reason why I wrote my first novel because well, I wanted to challenge that, that idea. I don't. Think I think there's something deeply wrong with is. that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it because you worry people call you out? You worry? No, I don't care if people call me a slut. No yeah. way. No, but if you if you solely depend on having sex with men to feel empowered, if that's your only pathway to power, mm-hmm. you don't see anything wrong with that. I see yeah. something deeply flawed with I that. Feel like it's because you're still idea. relying. It's the same idea that men feel like they have to possess women in in terms of showing their value to the society. You know, you you have guys. Yeah, which is deeply wrong. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I get your idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're still depending on, you're still depending, you, that that pathway to power is still dependent on mm-hmm. the actions of the other man of the other person who just happens to be a man. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was having a lot of sex with women, I probably won't be as angry. But <laughs> okay. it's the fact that I was sleeping with a lot of men that I felt sexually validated and sexually loved mm-hmm. by men. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this, like the key crux of what I'm saying is that I was having sex with men. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't think is good. Like you're still relying on a man to f- let you, to make you feel powerful. The With the movement... You know, having adultery law, criminal law being abolished, it's a good progressive move. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you you got to think that, um, yeah, even though that on, on turns that it is unconstitutional and it also makes people think rationally, you know, how to deal with these kind of things rather than going and... Um, putting charges onto people that you love or maybe once love and onto a totally stranger that you have no idea. And it comes back to reflecting on your own relationship with your partner. What happened? You know, you got to look through into what happened that had led to the point that your partner is seeking someone else outside of marriage. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love one of my favorite movies is Up in the Air. Have you seen that? Yep. Yeah. George Clooney. Yeah, and the girl, the main girl lead, not Anna Kendrick, the the girl, the woman who he has he, an affair with, and he fell in love with her. Yeah, and then at the end, I was so happy to see this because mm-hmm. it it turns the narrative of the man having the affair outside of the marriage mm. upside down mm-hmm. and so we find out that the woman is actually the one with the family and she's like having a secret affair with George yeah, Clooney. Yeah. I loved that yeah. because I was like, oh yay, a woman can do that as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I don't know if I could ever do that. I feel like she's kind of mm-hmm. like I really loved that character. Like she was pursuing her own sexual desires outside of her marriage, but she was also mm-hmm. betraying her husband. And I was thinking, like, would I want to be the husband? Would I want to be in the position where my wife is sleeping with some other man and not telling me? Yeah. I think that would be deeply hurtful. So even though I don't want to judge her because she's a woman, 
and she's doing something that men have done for centuries, I still feel like it's a bit wrong. You feel sorry for the husband? I, yeah, it's a bit. And also, I was trying to put myself into her shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could spend. I I don't think I could do what she did. Like she went to a wedding with George Clooney. You know, like she she went mm-hmm. to his old high school. Like she, I feel like she really developed an emotional relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And all this time, she didn't even tell him that she had kids or a husband. Mm-hmm. That's so mean. So she was mean to both her husband and to George Clooney. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't yeah. want to. I would never lie to someone. Even if I was having a casual, like, if I was having a, even if I was having a casual relationship with a man where I'm just having sex with him, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to lie to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like lying is. Well, just that's so... the differences between individuals of how they have their moral moral standards. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Some people will just want to keep secrets like, because. They're living in the yeah. moment that it feels comfortable. They don't want to have any disruptions at that moment. So maybe they mm. feel mm. like it's okay to lie or maybe they don't even think it's lying. It's just like, because I haven't told you, it doesn't mean it's lying. You know, some people have, yeah, will have that kind exactly, of argument. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, different standards. But I'm thinking like if you want to sleep with multiple partners, then just be in an open polyamorous relationship. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Why do you have to? Yeah, why do you have to lie mm-hmm. to someone you love? Yeah, I was talking to my friend the other day, and we kind of mentioned polyamorous. Yeah, yeah, that's the term. Um, I said that you have to make sure that everyone is understand and playing by the rules. Yeah, like you don't just invest. Uh, if you don't want to go exclusive, yeah. then you have to ha- let everyone know. Yeah. 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 Just be open about it. Just so be open about it. You can't just say that you want to sleep with multiple people. Yeah. But you don't tell any of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing an interview with a couple of polyamorous people on, I believe, The New Yorker mm-hmm. a few years ago. And the way they talked okay. about sex and power. I remember just sitting there thinking, oh, my God, these people are so much more advanced than you and I, like normal people. Mm-hmm. Like the, It mm-hmm. seemed like they had overcome jealousy and proprietorial notions of sex and love that often we keep in our heterosexual mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, like in, I've never been in a polyamorous relationship and I don't think I want to because I just, I want, like sex for me is something that I only want to do with my partner. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's such a ugh, it's such a boring perspective. I know. I wish I was more advanced in a way, but I'm not. Like I, I'm still very possessive. Like I only want mm-hmm. his dick inside me and nobody else's mm-hmm. vagina. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you consider them as more advanced? I consider them as just different. Like everyone wants different things in their life. Right. Yeah, I've considered them more advanced because they don't hold on to notions, traditional notions mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. proprietorially having this one person being your person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wish I wasn't like that. I wish I was more open and be like, yeah, you can have sex with whoever you want as long as you, you know, still come home to me. Like I wish I was more like mm-hmm. that, but I'm not. Yeah, I think it's hard. Like I wish I I wish sex didn't mean so much to me, but it does. Yeah. I you don't think I can yeah. invest in my emotions with multiple people. I feel like it's ex- just exhausting. 
Yeah, right. There yeah, was right. there was a really yeah. funny meme that I yeah. saw to the, um this week about um how come a mm-hmm. uh, woman doesn't have multiple husbands? You know how traditionally in a lot of mm-hmm. cultures they have husband and multiple wives. Yeah. And yeah, the picture, yeah, yeah and concubines. And there's a they they drew a cartoon showing that oh if if a woman have multiple husbands, you'll have like four men sitting on a couch waiting for her to serve them. Oh, oh my yeah. god, that's awful. <laughs> that's so funny, yeah. but true in a way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I wish. Yeah, I wish I didn't want what I want because I feel like what I want is something that has been taught to me to want. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was a good chat. Yeah, and we'll speak to you next week, guys. Right. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye. Bye.